All right. And. Oh, yeah. Because it might be fun <laughs> just to come into like. Wacky Wednesday. I love pancakes. <laughs> I do. I really want pancakes now. Yeah, pancakes are good. I like breakfast. Breakfast is a good thing. Well, if you come over, I'll make you breakfast. Come on, hurry up. Nobody in my family likes French toast. I'm the only one. Really? No one likes French toast? No. I don't know. Do you know how to make French toast? I do. I make great French toast. I use use Kings of Hawaiian rolls for it. Oh, yeah, boy. And it's so good. Coconut syrup? I don't have coconut syrup. I know. You have to buy it on Amazon. It's such crap, dude. I just bought coconut syrup and Uh guava syrup. How's the guava syrup? It's delicious. My, my, okay, so my family just tried guava juice for the first time, and they're really into it, so Sweet. that's nice. Oh, if you mix it with orange juice, too. I don't know why we're talking about this right now, but <laughs> if you mix guava juice with orange juice, it's fantastic. This is our intro to this one. It's going to be great. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's called guava juice. Great breakfast meals. Yes. Thank you. All right. Secret levels so you of ready? breakfast. <laughs> oh, man. Now, uh, Coogies. Remember Coogies? Let's go get some bacon. Oh, Coogies is gone, dude. Nope. Yep. Nope. It's gone. Nope. It's closed. Nope. Hello and welcome to the Secret Level, a Geek Tyrant podcast. I am Billy Fisher, the, the great one and only Billy Fisher, the one the and great, only, the greatest sidekick to the best host of any podcast ever, Joey Parr. Shut up! I am. You not. know it's true. No, I, it's not. I'm yeah, the so, worst. I'm the worst podcast host ever that, made. That, that's why everyone listens to us. <laughs> It's kind of like Piranha 3D. No one really likes it, but they watch it all the time. Oh, okay. I'll take yeah, that. Well, yeah, here we go. <laughs> that, that's, so, that's proper. Exactly. So here we go. Joe, it's been a while. We're back. So uh, how you feeling? Feeling good. Nice. Crazy days, crazy days, but uh, can't complain. Things are moving forward. Life is happening. People are being people, and food is food. Yeah. Uh, those are, you know, two of the best things I've ever heard. Those are my words of wisdom, by the yeah, way. Yeah, right. I love food. And that's why you keep coming back. <laughs> so here we are, episode eight, buddy. So you notice that I'm the one introducing the episode today. Because yeah, what happened are, there? Yeah, things are getting weird. <laughs> we're not only, not only am I introducing the podcast, but we're breaking new ground. We are. We are. That is we the are, truth. We have decided that we're not just going to do fun facts about movies. I mean, movies are great, but we're still going to talk about movies, but we're also going to mix it up and do all kinds of other things. And this is one of those days where we're going to mix it up and do something different. This is one of the episodes that I was most excited for us to do. Today, we're going to talk about the old laser dick. Disc, bleh, laser dick. That's horrible. I'm keeping that in. <laughs> yes, you are. Dick. <laughs> We've got the laser dick. <laughs> well, the laser disc classic, Dragon's Lair. I am telling you, I probably funded so many of Don Bluth's films with how many quarters I spent on this game. Dude, I would spend hours in the arcade pumping quarters and getting through that freaking game. And it took me like, man forever to get through it wasn't easy to get through it's not an easy game no it should be you look back at it and you're like it's a pretty easy game but 
Man, when you're a kid in the 80s in the arcade with a bunch of quarters in hand, it's not easy. No. And see, the the issue is, is they tell you what's going to happen, what button you have to push, which way you got to go on the controllers. I failed every time. I never every completed time? that game. Did you, every you never won it? I made it to the dragon and died. Are you serious? You've never beat the game? Never on beat On your it. own? On my own. Never beat it. Wow. I rage quit that thing so quick one time. I was because I was in it. I was in it to win it. I was I thought I was playing for like two hours. Made it to the dragon, one stupid move, and I was dead. Two hours, which is kind of funny that we spent so much time playing this game because in in you know, preparing for this episode, we watched the playthrough on it and it's eleven minutes long. Eleven minutes, people. <laughs> eleven minutes of gameplay. I was there for two hours just pumping money into it, and then I rage quit. (laughs) I was so mad. I legit cried. I couldn't handle it. The stress was too much. I just couldn't do it. Oh, man. Uh, So many good memories. That's why it was fun to watch the game uh, pop up on Stranger Things in season two. Yes. We're going to get into that because I was so proud of those guys, but let me ask you something. Yeah. Before we get into the the deep dark secrets of Dragon's Lair, what's Are there new dark with you secrets? this week? There's oh dark yes, secrets? dude, I didn't realize. Yeah, we're gonna talk about this in a minute because there's things <laughs> after like researching this game that I didn't know or I didn't pay attention to before that I was like, oh, that's way interesting. So we're gonna get into that, but let me let's talk about. What happened in Joey's week this week? Anything good? What are we What are we looking at? What are we studying? Well, what do we got? Uh, this week, kind of different. You know, like we said, we're switching things up. But yeah, this week uh, I ended up getting into something that has been recommended to me over and over and over and over and over again by people that I know. Okay. Uh, it's an anime. Interesting. It's called Demon Slayer, and I know it's one of the most popular animes out there right now, but it's just one of those things that I did just haven't watched. But this week, I sat down and watched all the whole first season, and it that- was awesome. Like I love this show. It was incredible. I couldn't be happier with how this show turned out. I was not expecting what I got. So good. So good. Well- that's crazy that you say that because my plans for when we were done recording tonight is to start the first episode. Oh, really? Yes. Dude, you're in for a treat, bro. Okay, yeah. Cause so I was good. Like, I heard the movie was great, but I figured I have to watch the book, the watch the the yeah. anime first. I still haven't seen the movie. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping to do that soon, but man, that it it really hit the spot. Amazing. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I don't watch a lot of anime, mm-hmm. but when I do, I make sure it counts. <laughs> Same here, dude. I mean, that's I don't get much time to myself to actually yeah. to watch any. That's that's why I don't watch a lot of anime. I got a family, and it's just you know one of my my youngest daughter is into certain animes, but but for the most part, a lot of the anime that I want to watch, I just I can't watch around my kids because yeah. it's so freaking violent. But when I was growing up, I mean, I used to watch anime all the time. That's that's the difference. When I was when I was a teenager, like freaking Akira, Ninja Scroll, Ghost in the Shell, Man. Uh, 
all those all that anime robotech uh, robotech oh, all that man. stuff growing up i mean i i love that shit but yeah as an adult there's so many different anime now it is just in in so little time it's just so hard to keep up with everything that's happening so for me the anime i watch is like when people are like you have to watch this if you're gonna spend time watching anime it has to be this one it's like when recommendations are so high then i'm gonna jump in and and take the time to check it out which i did this week and i'm really glad i did loved it i'm I'm excited that you're saying that because yeah because after we're done tonight i was just gonna go sit on the couch and just try it out because i've seen people posting about it hell yeah dude you're gonna love it i'm gonna love it so yeah i'm glad you said that because yeah i'd really like to get to that point where i can uh where i can watch it uh get to the movie and be able to watch the movie and understand what's going on yep can't wait to watch the movie yes very excited to get to that yep see I'm, i think this is kind of an animation week because i've been pumping through the clone wars i've never watched all the way through really yeah i'm but I shocked wanna, billy yeah shocked well see i the thought Bad you'd Batch, seen them no i haven't watched it all the way through <sighs> i i've watched so i watched the last season of star wars rebels okay and i was always like you know what that was that season was amazing. I need to go back and watch it. But then I realized, wait, if we're going to go by timeline, I got to go watch. I got to watch Clone Wars first. Yeah. And then I can watch Rebels. So I'm finishing that up and it's an amazing series. It took a little while to get through the first season. The first season was hard. First three for me were rough. Yeah. I had the first three seasons. I was like, Phew, okay, I'm going to keep pumping through because I've been hearing good things. But yeah, uh, first three seasons were rough for me, but after that, it kind of took off. And then when it comes down to that last season, mm-hmm. holy shit, dude. So freaking good. The journey is just awesome. And the thing that – okay, so I know you and I are on the same level about Invincible. Invincible is probably one of the greatest television shows ever made, not just animated, but shows itself. Yeah, great story, 100%. So great. good. And I've been noticing like the storyline in in Clone Wars just gets better and better and deeper and deeper and then Yep. I'm just like And that's just gonna you'll you'll continue to follow through with that. You're I'm just love disappointed it. with people making television right now. Cause I mean they f- these thirty minute episodes of animation are trumping these major productions on television that I find boring and I just can't watch. Yeah. It's yep. I'm just glad the medium's taking a whole new turn. Yeah, for sure. You know, so yeah. Animation everything's changing. We're watching anime again. <laughs> I know. We're talking about Dragon's Lair. I mean such a great week. So <sighs> Dragon's Lair. Yes. I mean, any kid who went to any miniature golf course or arcade in the Late 80s, early 90s. Mid 80s. I mean, it came out in 83. 83. So, I mean, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can see that. We were going, what? We were going to, like, Malibu Grand Prix but, and playing that thing. and <sighs> Yep. Such, such a waste of money for me. <laughs> I never finished it. Rage quitting is never good, kids. <sighs> Just, yeah. 
please finish because I, after was, watching the, I was like, I, I want to play it again. I, I've been struggling to remember this, Billy, and maybe you remember. What was the name of the arcade that we used to go to on Brand Boulevard? Was it East Coast Arcade? Or what was the name of it? Do you remember? Uh, yeah. It was, I believe you're right. I believe it was East something arcade. Yeah, it was either East Coast or yeah, or East Street, something like that. Yeah, I'm sad. Was, I'm sad that I forgot the name. I really am. Me too. But I think it's East Coast. I think it was East Coast. I think it was too. I mean, we should have tattoos of that name <laughs> on ourselves somewhere for the amount of money that we spent. <laughs> I know. I mean, we're practically part owners of the place. No joke. So, yeah. Love that place. I mean, we all have that that arcade, that miniature golf course, that pizza hut where we paid all our favorite games. Yep. Oh, man. But for me, this one rivaled, like, I couldn't decide between whether to play Double Dragon or Dragon's Lair. Well, Dragon's Lair, I mean, it was just so different than anything that we had ever seen before, ever. I mean, it's an animated game. And as a kid, uh, I loved watching animated shows, like animated cartoons and stuff like that. And as fantasy, sci-fi, all that stuff was just really cool and fascinating to me when I was growing up. And so when I see something like Dragon's Lair and I see this you know, guy running through a castle trying to save a damsel in distress from a dragon. Hell yeah, I want to play it. <laughs> yeah, right. And it looked cool. It it it, it, it looked did. like a cool. It's just a cool looking game. It's just, it's it's mind boggling that they nobody that this never caught on. Like this way of video game play never caught on because it was it's truly one of a kind. It 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 did later on. I don't know if you remember. Sega CD. Oh, uh, Sega CD. So Sega CD had all those games where you had to choose. Choose your own adventure kind of thing. Yeah, and you had to like hit certain spots at like the right exact time right? to be able to move forward. Uh, it was <laughs> Some of those games are so freaking stupid. Uh, but uh, yeah, I... Yeah, Sega CD, I think, was the one that kind of like picked up on that idea. But even then, it was a lot of live action stuff. Right. And that, it didn't last very long. It, no, it didn't last long at all. No. So. But, I mean, it, just that concept. I mean, the thing with Sega CD, yeah, there's a lot of live action stuff that would happen and it kind of felt choppy and weird. But for some reason, whatever they did with Dragon's Lair, it worked. It's just so smooth. Yeah, so then, smooth, so fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, that in the the game was made by ex Disney animator Don Bluth. Don Bluth. Yep. Gotta love the Don. Oh man! I mean, Secret of Nim, American Tale. Yep. He's amazing. Yeah. But uh, I mean, the hero of the game was Dirk the Daring, Dirk a knight Dirk. attempting to rescue Princess Daphne from the evil dragon Singe. Yep. That's the one. And the dragon had locked the princess in the foul wizard Mordok's castle. Yes, sir. And so Dirk the Daring is going through that castle, and there's just all kinds of traps and monsters and creatures that he has to fight going through it. So cool. It, it was. I mean, 
I mean, you got the random weird bats and like the strange mists that would come in and yeah, attack yeah. you and stuff that you had to jump away from. But I mean, it it felt fast paced and it felt you were totally in, enthralled in what was happening. Yeah, and it was cool because you get in, you get to make the decisions for the character throughout right. the game. Right. And the outcome of each scene is basically determined by entering the right move at the precise moment. And if you make a wrong decision or you're too slow, you face immediate death. And then the skeleton pops up and goes... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's sound effect. Do you remember the sound effect? Oh, man. No, I don't want to remember the sound effect. It's it's kind of funny, though, because if you notice throughout the whole game, it's when when I'm watching, when I was watching the 11-minute uh, play through, uh-huh. it's just dirt. Uh, 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 Dude. Uh, <laughs> I, I really wanted to talk about this because one of the noises, I swear Hank Azaria stole for Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. I was like, I listened to it. I was like, no, he didn't just do the Homer Simpson. And then the timing, that came out before the Tracy Ullman show where we got Homer. Yep. So I was like, that dude stole that. But I'm glad he did. Because then when you hear it in the game, it's just like, it's... Yeah, you know, just a little bit more. It was funny. great though. Like when I'm rewatching, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, it's so funny." But I love just the the silly grunts and stuff from Dirk. Man, it, it's great. I mean, just imagine the person that had to sit there and do that. You have to come up with like 50 different kind of noises for jumping, for getting killed. Just come up with everything. Yeah. So if you guys watch the run through, you'll hear the the Homer Simpson. You should Don't. watch the run through just for fun. It's. <laughs> And it'll remind it's you so of all the silly. places that you died. And I love, yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh man, I remember that. <laughs> I remember I couldn't get past this part forever. Forever. It was, it, dude, such a nasty game. I loved it, but it was, it was just, it would break your heart. It's, it's kind of funny. In 2016, Don Bluth gave an interview and said the game didn't really have a story. It was just this clumsy knight entering a wizard's castle filled with creatures and booby traps to rescue the fair princess Daphne. It's a, no story. It's just no. you know a guy trying to go through a mission. But it did have a story. It did. You're trying to save Daphne. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a story. His whole journey's a story. So I don't know why he's saying it didn't really have a story. Well, because there was no there was no uh, dialogue. Except okay. from, from Daphne when you got there. Well, and the only reason why she had dialogue was because she needed to let uh, the player know what needed to be done to let her out. <laughs> right? Because you didn't know you needed that freaking sword. <laughs> yeah, because once you get there, like, what do I do? What do I do? If she didn't say anything, you wouldn't know what to do. Right. But she's the only one. She's the only one that says anything. I mean, I, I guess the dragon roars, but all you hear is this stupid... I was like, oh... <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, even without a story, everyone who played it just wanted to succeed. Just get oh, yeah, through of course. this. Definitely. Yeah. But I mean, I'll never complain. I'm yes, I rage quit. Everybody knows this now, but it was still one of the most fun games that you would play. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting story of how this whole game ended up coming together. 
the original concept of the game came from a guy named Rick Dyer of Advanced Microcomputer Systems. And they were working on a fantasy game at the time, and they'd been working on that game for two years, and they wanted to make something that was going to be a visual masterpiece. And they were trying all kinds of things, trying all kinds of different methods of animation, and they couldn't quite get it down. And what they really wanted to do was create a hand-drawn animation style. And when they couldn't figure out what to do, they ended up going outside of the gaming system and trying to find other things that would be able to bring this game to life. And it's at this time that he discovered LaserDisc. The huge record size discs. <laughs> Those things were insane. Those things were so cool when I first saw them. I was like, dang, look at that. That's a laser disc. <laughs> and as a kid, I was like, I need that. I need that in my life. I, of course, I never got yeah, one. I never like, had a laser disc. Way too expensive. I remember my uncle bought a laser disc, but didn't have a laser disc player to play it on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that makes so much sense it's not even funny (laughs) just that sentence made so much sense I can see that happening and I can hear the (laughs) plethora of curse words coming out of his mouth once he figured out he couldn't play it Uh, yes very very funny but yeah the reason why they could use laser discs is because it was an optical storage medium that had the capabilities to replicate movie quality animation and so they utilize that and they realized hey this is what's going to be able to bring this game to life and they did a great job with it I, we're going to get into a little of the backstory of it and all that but i mean you think about it that game was a lot less clunky than like you know how now netflix has those choose your own adventure movies yep for some reason dragon's lair was a lot more smooth than what we have today i don't get it i don't know how they do it but it just seems to flow a little bit better yeah i agree yeah so how did they get in touch with don bluth like how did this this connection happen uh it actually happened uh when dyer ended up going to a screening of don bluth's the secret of nim love that movie it is a great movie so gary goldman who is a production who was on the production team for Don Bluth talked about this saying that he, in regards to Dyer had seen the secret of Nim in the theater with his wife, Jan, and decided then that we should be the team to do the animation. He had already put a team of writers and artists together uh, for the game to write a script and a storyboard, the game and sequences. His plan was for a three-way partnership with his team doing the pre-production and the computer programming Bluth Group was to do the actual production, and then there was Cinematronics who was going to do the distribution. You know, it wasn't a smooth ride for them. They had a few hiccups along the way. Of course. I mean, they were breaking new ground. Yeah, exactly. Financing was one of the the biggest issues because each company partner was to finance its own part of the deal. (laughs) Wow. So you make this and you pay for it. Yeah, pretty much. Goldman said, the problem for us was that we didn't have any capital. 
Our studio operations had just been interrupted by the Screen Cartoons Union strike, and our backers pulled out, leaving us with no cash flow. So he says they had to borrow uh, cash to get involved, and they borrowed that money from friends and relatives and whoever else they could convince that this was going to be a great idea. Wow. And at one point, they even borrowed from Rick Dyer's company and a few other companies. But that was, yeah, Don, you know, Don Bluth's production company just didn't have any money, so they had to just really get creative on trying to figure out how exactly they're going to fund their part of the game. Which is kind of crazy, because I, I recall reading somewhere that he purely got into this game to make up the money that he lost with making Secret of Nim. Which to me makes no sense. Secret of Nim is one of the one of my favorite movies, not just animated movies, but yeah. favorite movies of all time. But I'm sure it just went all over it's a lot of people's great heads. Great adventure film, hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's just one of those things. It wasn't a Disney movie, right? You know, so He's striking out on his own, yeah, from Disney, exactly. But I mean, I still love it. I I haven't shown my kids yet the Secret of Nim because it's. Kind of got some scary parts. Like Nicodemus is kind of a scary dude. Yeah, he but, is. But that's why but, I love Don Bluth's movies. Right. He doesn't hold back. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was, I, you know, he he does some good stuff. He 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 took animated films to an an edgy level that Disney wouldn't dare go. Right. I mean, just that story alone. I mean, the timeline on it, you know. She's got to get her kids out of the field before the plows come through. Yep. Well, and that's and that goes even for Dragon's Lair. Right. And he's he's pushing the edge of not only animation but video games in general at the time. Yeah. And with so after they resolved their financial issues, which they did, they you know figured out the money and stuff. They jumped right into development, and Dyer's team they designed all of the characters and they did all of the storyboards for the film for blues group to work from, but they ended up all of that work ended up being discarded because they didn't meet the required standards of animation at the time. So they just had to throw it all out. And in the end, all the character design and animation was left entirely to blues production company Oh wow! Yeah, so they they ended pressure. up so they ended up doing all of that stuff. Uh, at the same time, Dyer and his designers kept working on ideas and programming the links between each scene. So they continued to work and do their thing, but Bluth ended up doing the majority of the creative work for that for that game. Which is awesome because I don't think I don't think anyone else at the time could have done what he did like. The, the originality of the the characters that come through. I mean, you have Dirk, who's just classic, you know, Don Bluth character, but the the enemies that you face, like the bats, just the skeletons. I mean, it, skeletons. It, it was a very what I one of the things I loved about the creatures and stuff is even though it was cartoon style animation, it reminded me of Ray Harryhausen and his work. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of obviously they must have paid some kind of homage to that just because of the kind of things that they were throwing in for at Dirk and stuff and on his adventure when talking about bringing 
all the changes that they had to bring to the table. Goldman, who worked for Bluth at the time, said, we changed the continuity of the gameplay, which upset the writers and the storyboard artists over at Rick's shop. We basically re-storyboarded the game with new designs and sometimes completely different ideas. At the time, Rick was very good about keeping his crew's objections from us, letting us plot on. So even though they didn't like what they were doing, Rick was covering for him because he knew they were getting the job done and they knew what needed to happen. So, Right. And when you're, when you're relying on another team to do the animation, you can't put them in a box. You got to let them do what they got to do. Well, then they were, and this was a completely different medium. So they were doing completely new things at the time. I mean, they were making a video game. They were making an animated video game. Right. So. Still so cool. I still get excited about it. But the main characters, Dirk and Daphne, Rick's shop had their own original designs for them, but those ended up being discarded as well and Don Bluth's team came in and basically reinvented, remodeled the characters. So Dirk was remodeled as a clumsy oaf with big feet and hands and not too smart. While Don Bluth spent considerable time drawing Daphne in various seductive poses. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize how racy that was. Until I just when you rewatch it again, you're like, oh, okay, (laughs) yep. Wow. The kids, the kids at the time ate it up, dude. Like I don't know, (laughs) boys loving their (laughs) girly cartoons. I'm just dumbfounded. When I got to that point, I was like, was it really that bad? (laughs) Was she was just essentially naked under a sheer kind of robe? It, the, so. the 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 seductive character was inspired. <laughs> Basically, they 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 designed the character from an uh, old collection of Playboy magazines. That was yep. they. That's Makes where sense. that's where they designed the character. <laughs> so, you you watch it now, you're like, oh yeah, I can see that. Yep, there it is. <laughs> see, when you're playing the game, I never really noticed it because I was like too interested in trying to find what I had to do next, but now I guess I get the appeal of why everybody wanted to get there. You know <laughs> we gotta what I mean? get to the girly scene. <laughs> right? I was just like Just a bunch time, of guys playing the games. We gotta get to the girly scene. That's <laughs> 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 gonna be so oh, fun. Man. But Goldman uh, Goldman recalls this. He goes It was odd walking by Don's office with him in there at the drawing board surrounded by several open Playboy magazines. In the end, Don put Daphne in a very revealing one-piece thong swimsuit with a sheer veil that partially covered her. (laughs) (laughs) Don Bluth was also responsible for designing the 50 different humorous ways in which Dirk could die, including being eaten squashed and disintegrated yeah disintegrated was always my favorite one just the (laughs) yep and then the sounds of the bones dropping (laughs) that was bones dropping i'm just letting you guys know (laughs) that's what that sound was so yeah i mean that to me that had to be the fun the the most fun part funnest is not a word the most fun part is the deaths yeah yeah 
I mean, while we wanted to play through the game and get to see Daphne, man, I'm and glad as many I didn't qu- notice and that. And as many quarters as we as we pumped in, it was still always fun to watch Dirk die. Absolutely, and just the new and interesting ways. Yeah. As for the script, when you watch the uh, run-through of the game, you'll notice that Dirk doesn't have any dialogue. Not a single thing. Just Not even his grunts. They're just... He, has, he says no words. No, nothing. Uh, the only reason Daphne had to speak was because she offers crucial information to the player. Right. <laughs> About the finale featuring the fight with Singe the Dragon. Which you don't even know that's his name. We just find out and, you know, that she doesn't say, oh, it's Singe. No. Just- and it's funny because the voices of the characters were done by production crew members. I can see that. Like Daphne's voice. Daphne was voiced by the cleanup supervisor. Oh, <laughs> there you go. So kind of funny. Yeah, man. I would never really know because I only got to the freaking dungeon and then i died and yeah <sighs> they have all these issues they designed this how'd they get this out to us man because we know it made it to us we've all played it well this was going to be the first laser disc arcade game in arcades so they had to figure out how to make that happen so work on the dragon's layer game had to be fast they had to get it out into they had to get it out there so Initial development started in October 1982. Animation was started in January 1983. And Rick's team managed to compile three color sequences by March for the Chicago Game Show. There were 130 artists and technicians that were involved with creating the game. And it was finished by June of 1983. Wow, good for them. Ready to ship to arcades in July. That's crazy. It, <laughs> they, That's they, so fast. They put it together super fast. They ended up field testing the game at the Malibu Grand Prix in California. And there were over 200 people that showed up to watch the game. And they were just blown away and amazed by what this game offered. The animation that was happening was just it was blowing people's minds. And they also did a test in San Diego, and that same thing happened. People just flocked to this thing and were just in awe of what uh, Bluth and this this uh, team created. It, it just was blowing people's minds all over the place. The game became just a massive hit with everyone. So when they put this thing out in arcades, when it actually hit arcades... Mm-hmm. It, it was unprecedented. I mean, even even when we played, it was years after it was released, there was still a line to play the game. So, I mean, as technology grew, that that kind of held its own little place in the video game, in the arcade world. Yeah, and due to the popularity of the game, the arcades recouped the cost of getting the game within a week. Oh, wow. I mean, they were just... It was... They just made their money back so fast. That's crazy because back then, when when laser discs, disc, laser discs, there we go again. <laughs> when laser discs first came out, they were like a grand for just a player. Yeah, it was the expensive. Alone. That's so in a week to get all your money back for it. That's amazing. Yeah, 
And they ended up lowering the price just to give arcade owners the incentive to get the machine and put it in their arcades. So they were willing to take a loss just to get this into the arcades. But in the end, I mean... It, it, it succeeded. It, it did exactly what they wanted it to do. Yeah. Who was it? It was the Goldman. I believe Goldman said, when you went to an arcade, there was always a crowd around Dragon's Lair. It's true. I, I mean, there always was. <laughs> there was a line of people waiting to play the game. Many of the arcades placed extra monitors on top of the game cabinet so the crowd could see the animation. Do you remember that? I do. I do. And that actually became a thing when all the most popular games came out. They'd have screens above them so you could watch other people play. Yeah. It was crazy. That was the trendsetter right there. Yep. Now, here's something I didn't know. I mean, until I started doing research. Right. As much as I loved Dragon's Lair and Mm -hmm. as much as I played that game, Mm -hmm. I had absolutely no idea that there were sequels to the game that were made. Serious business, dude. You and I were talking about it when we started researching this. What? (laughs) Yep. There was not only a second, but a third. Yeah, there were two sequels. There was dragons. There was Dragon's Lair Two, Time Warp. In this game, Daphne is kidnapped by the evil wizard Mordok in order to be forced into marriage. Dirk's children and his mother-in-law are clearly upset by the abduction of Daphne, and Dirk must once again save her. Dude, this Mordok dude's a dick. I know. <laughs> Just leave Daphne alone. She doesn't want you, bro. Get over it. Dragons. The third Dragon's Lair was Dragon's Lair 3, The Curse of Mordred. The wizard Mordok's witch sister, Mordred, seeks revenge for her brother's death and captures Dirk the Daring's homestead into an orb on her staff. Dirk was not in the house, so he begins pursuing Mordred to restore his home and Princess Daphne inside it. Man, just that family, they all suck. And I I watched these, and mm-hmm. Dragon's Layers 2 is more on point with the animation. Right. But Dragon's Layer 3 is is pixelated. It's what it's the- a very poor looking game. <laughs> so essentially they didn't want to put the money into it yeah. for fear that it wasn't gonna be made back. I don't know the reason why they went that route. Maybe, maybe it was because it went straight to uh, Atari or whatever. Atari or something. Yeah. But even then, I don't Commodore know. It was, 64. it was just the quality was just wasn't as good, and it was. I honestly didn't finish watching the playthrough on it because I just, it was not pleasing to the eye. Well, I mean, what are you gonna do, dude? I mean, it's like reinventing the wheel. It's you're not gonna get better than what the first guy did. Yeah, and they didn't. No, yeah, I was trying to come up with better analogies, but that's the one we got. So there you go. Uh, one other thing about Don Bluth when he was creating the game mm-hmm. is he would regularly view the in-process animation on its original film format while editing on both a one-inch display and in a full-sized movie theater screen. Wow! <laughs> because Aren't of that, we bougie. Yeah. Because of that, he was always disappointed with the picture quality. 
of the version huh. of the different versions of the game because the quality was never as good as its film version until the HD version of the game was made. Oh, I got you. There was also a scene cut from the game that would have involved Dirk fighting a series of gargoyles that were throwing spears at him. He basically navigated through some stepping stones and found an exit inside of a treasure test, but the scene only got as far as pencil tests. And while it could have been remastered for, you know, special edition home video releases or whatever, it never was. The scene apparently wasn't fun to play and they just cut it out, never to be seen again. I mean, that's good. I mean, at least they didn't try to throw in everything that they've got, and they wanted to make it fun for everyone. Yeah. That's good. Dragon's Lair was also the first game with stereo sounds. Ooh. Yep. In the arcades, the sound effects from user input would alternate speakers. That's cool. I mean, they went all out on that thing. Yeah. They're actually, and I'm sure you know about this, and I'm sure most of you who are listening to this podcast know about this, but Ryan Reynolds is set to star in a Dragon's Lair movie that is being made live action. That's awesome. For Netflix, I believe. I mean, he, and if anybody's going to play Dirk, it's going to be Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds is born to play Dirk. As yeah. much as he was born to play Deadpool, he was born to play Dirk as well. He's going to be great. And I really hope they stick to the aesthetic from the game and don't give him any dialogue. I just Dude, want bro. I just want Ryan Reynolds to be going through the whole movie with grunts and screams. <laughs> <laughs> and hurt noises. <laughs> Well, that would be fantastic, but I don't think they could pull it off. I, don't, I mean, as, I would love it if they could, man, but I think... I would love that so much. I don't think they will, but that would be so great. There's going to be a lot of internal dialogue, I believe. Yeah. There's not a lot of information on that movie yet, but at the height of the game's popularity, Don mm-hmm. Bluth was looking at making a Dragon's Lair movie. They were looking to adapt it back in the back in the eighties, and I think they missed out on a great opportunity to do that with the popularity of the game. That was the time strike while the iron's hot. They yeah. should have made it then. But I'm glad we're getting it now. Exactly, exactly. And who knows what we would have got back then? I mean, That's well, true. we we can actually talk about that. We kind of do know what we would have got back then. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So. Bluth hired uh, writer Alan Dean Foster, who is known at the time for his novel novelizations of movies, including the first Star Wars, to get involved with the story sessions. So okay. Bluth was ready to get rolling on this movie. And okay. he said at the time, I think we have a really good shot with the movie version. If the Dragon's Lair name appears on a movie marquee, Kids won't be threatened by it. They won't feel shy about going to the theater. Seeing Snow White might embarrass them, but Dragon's Lair, that's already theirs. And and that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, if I would have if I would have seen a Dragon's Lair poster in a movie theater back then, holy shit, I would have been like, hell yeah, mom, dad, hell yeah, you gotta take me to this movie. I need don't to you see have Daphne. A Dragon's Lair poster. I need to see Daphne. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
I don't think she would be naked as much as she was in the video game. We don't know. That's true. <laughs> Mate. But um because his his next thing was he says Blue said we're going to give them everything they want to see, answer all their questions about our hero Dirk and his background. At the same time, we're not going to aim the subject matter at the nursery level. We're going to aim up. See? So if they wanted to give boys everything they wanted to see. <laughs> oh man, that would have been that would have been too creepy. Just too creepy. One of those movies we'd look back on now and be like, "Whoa." <laughs> Why that did was my a cartoon. Take me to this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but now it, it would never happen now daphne would not be set like oh, that oh no way no 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 yeah, i'm surprised but, the I game mean, hasn't been canceled yet for its portrayal of daphne well i guess we're setting that ball of rolling now <laughs> dang it dang it but anyway Oddly, rather than expanding upon the cliffhanger adventures of the game, Bluth was looking to tell the story of how Dirk and Daphne met as teenagers and battled an evil sorcerer named Mordok, you know, Mordok from the game, who was yeah, planning on raising an army of corpses from the River of the Dead to take over the world. Uh, I can see that. So Dirk, Daphne, and Mordok have had a very long history with each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be like the uh, the Snape and the Potter family. Snape? No, no. Cut that. That was stupid. Okay. Yeah, that was dumb. I'm dumb. All right, back to what we're doing. Okay, so anyway. So, he's raising an army of corpses from the River of the Dead. Yep. So, Dirk, it is, Dirk has a friend named Strun. And they're peasants who live in a forest and have been adopted by a strange old hag who was killed by Mordok. So they were raised by an old hag. That hag was killed by Mordok. Strun ends up being kidnapped and becomes possessed. And Princess Daphne and her aunt Brunhilde are disguised as gypsies and hide in the forest to elude Mordok. You follow me here? I'm I'm with you. All it's, right, here we go. Here we go. This this story is not really making Bordock look good at all. <laughs> but I mean, he's an equal opportunity killer because he'll take out a hag as well as a sexy princess. Yep. I mean, that's his thing. Then Dirk learns about a warrior knight who can defeat Mordok and sets off to find him. Along the way, he meets up with seven dwarf trolls called the Seven Deadlies. Named after the seven deadly sins. Greed, Uh, lust, sloth. You get it. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Foster designed them as thieving otters, but Bluth changed them to a mixture of Disney's seven dwarves and the little people from the movie Time Bandits. And you didn't think this was going to connect back to one of our previous films that we talked about. It's all connected. It's all connected. I'm glad they didn't put otters out like that, man. That Leave the otters alone. Yeah. But that, is, little guys. that is interesting, though. A mixture yeah, of is. Disney's seven dwarves and the doors from <laughs> the Time Bandits. Hey, it works. 
Yeah. So that group strikes up an alliance to find the knight who turns out to be an aging, burnout, former hired gun. Dirk is given his familiar chain mail and the orange tunic that he wears, and mm-hmm. the knight agrees to face Mordrock. Yeah. That actually doesn't sound too bad. This sounds like a fun film. I'm telling like you. I'm, yeah. I would totally watch this thing. So, Mordrock has taken over Strun's body and has captured Daphne and intends to wed her. Right? Wait, is it Mordrock? Have we been saying it wrong this whole time? Crap. Have we? I've been saying Mordock. Have I? I believe so. What do we do? Nothing. We just keep going. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> just keep it going, bro. <laughs> See if anybody's paying attention. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, do you get that? Got that. All right. So, Mordrock wants to marry Daphne because Mordrock likes doing that stuff. Right. He just wants I, Daphne. That's well, his. Ag didn't like him, so. The knight ends up killing Strun, but Mordrock's soul oozes out and transforms into a dragon. The knight collapses into a pile of empty armor. Hmm. Dirk comes in, uh-huh. slays the dragon, but finds that Daphne has been killed. But. Uh-huh. Don't worry, his love brings her back to life, and Dirk has become the famous Dirk the Daring because of his bravery and sacrifice. Okay. Yeah, that fits. You like it? Yeah, that tracks, dude. I'm, I'm down. With that. Yeah. I want to watch it. Eh, well, I guess we have to get started on it. It's explained that the film lacked the silliness and cartoony approach of the game and the redesign of Dirk and Daphne left them almost unrecognizable. So they redesigned the characters for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. Yeah. (sighs) Jerks. A short film was produced to basically get the interest of investors and that pretty much consisted of about 30 sketches with a narration and writer John Colley said at one major studio Bluth showed the presentation and then showed the work print of Dragon's Lair 2 which was almost completed the executive sat there for a second then stated they should turn Layer 2 into the feature and forget the other one wow yeah Oh, man. Well, I mean, can't please everybody. No, unfortunately, you can't. So it just never got off the ground then, huh? Yeah. The, the movie never never happened. Womp, womp. But now, hey, we got the one with Ryan Reynolds, so we have something to look forward to. Just a little bit more information on Dragon's Lair 2 Time Warp. Um, what that story entailed, since that's, you know, kind of want to talk about that a little bit more since the studio wanted to turn that into a movie instead of the movie Bluth wanted to make. Right. So the sequel takes place 
years after the first game and has Dirk married to Daphne with mm-hmm. lots of kids. When Daphne is kidnapped by Mordrock to be forced into marriage, Dirk must once again go and save her, and he's assisted by a talking time machine that has been mm-hmm. possessed by the brother of Mordrock. What a plot twist. You following me? I'm with you. Awesome. Dirk travels through several different dimensions and historical eras searching for Daphne. Some of those scenes were inspired by the classic stories and fairy tales like Alice in Wonderland and Sleepy Beauty. Production on that game was halted, though, when the arcade market pretty much started to fall apart in 1984, but it was eventually completed and released. I'm just sad I missed that one. It was pretty. It, it was inspired by the spirit of the, of the first game, with lots of action and humor and stuff. But I just never saw it. Like I, I just don't know if arcade, our, our personal arcade, let us down or what. But I just never got to see it. Let me ask you this though, Billy. Yeah. Would you have rather seen Bluth's take on Dragon's Lair as a film, or would you have wanted to see Dragon's Lair two as a film? I, I like actually like the description of his version better than the gameplay. Of I the do too. I've, it doesn't it make been more fun. Doesn't make sense to me that uh, studio well studio executives like I guess it does make sense because they make stupid decisions all the time. Well, so, and also everybody is scared to make that the animation genre back then. They were scared to make it more adult, and we have that now. But back then, I don't think they were ready to cross that line. Yeah. But, I mean, hopefully that's what we get now. That would be awesome. It'd be, it's going to be interesting to see what the Dragon's Lair movie is going to be. This new one with Ryan Reynolds. I'm curious to right. see what story they'll tell. So what do you think they're going to do? I, I assume that it's going to be, it's going to retell the story of the original game. They're going to do the familiar. They're going to retell that story, which is fine. I think there's, they could have some fun with it. I think they should kind of step out of the box, man. I do too. I, mean, I just don't know if they will. I'm, I, I'm pretty confident, though, that they're going to stick with what fans are familiar with. But who's, who besides us, who's talking about Dragon's Lair right now? Everybody is. Remember, oh, it was shoot. in Stranger Things. So uh, it put the game dude. back on the map in a way, in a so, weird way. I We watched that scene in, in Stranger Things, and I freaking completely feel their pain, man. <laughs> I've been there. Like, I was, I was watching it, and I was like, I've been there. And then I lost it, and then I legit lost it. Like, I lost at the game, and then I lost my mind, and that was it. We're done. <laughs> but I got to give those kids a lot of credit for making that far. And that was good. It was good. It was good. I mean, they made it to the very end and died. But still, you know, they kept on trucking. Yep. Me? Nope. Couldn't do it. But I love Dragon's Lair. Love that game. Love the game. I am sad that I don't own the cabinet now. Because, I mean, you can play it on the TV, but that's just not the same. You have to have that. It's not. It's really not. You have to have the, the whole machine. But I looked them up, and they are... Selling for about twenty five hundred dollars. This right is just now. this game's. It's, it's just one of the staples of of our childhood, man. Right. It's to me that that is the arcade. I mean, well, that and Turtles in Time. 
Turtles in Time. And the split and and the Simpsons game. And the X Men game. And Street Fighter Two. Street Fighter Two. And Mortal Kombat. Dungeons and Dragons. Dragon's Lair. Go go Dragon's watch Lair. go watch the eleven minute run through. Yeah, I mean it's fun. There's different platforms that you can find it. You can pl- you can get an emulator and play it on your computer. Yeah. But like I said, it's more fun to me. It's more fun just to have the cabinet to stand there and. Uh, but it is what it is. And to quote the game, <laughs> you, don't. You, you actually found a quote. I was gonna. Say, <laughs> the only thing we can really quote from the game are the grunts and the don't. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. His scream was so funny. It was. It didn't match any of the other it, sounds it, that he makes. It didn't. Yeah, and then, oh, uh, man. I just love that there's that crazy floating horse that comes out of nowhere. It's <laughs> fantastic. There's no explanation. Just, ah, oh, you find a horse in a room. Let's ride it. There Might you go. Well. Yeah, well. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening to our nonsense on Dragon's Lair. One of our favorite things that we grew up with as kids. I mean, Dragon's Lair. Awesome. It's amazing. I mean, anybody who's played it, you know what we're talking about. And we we really weren't sure what we were going to find on this, but we actually found a good amount of stuff. We think we pretty much covered everything about the game. If you know anything else, please let us know. We want to know if we missed anything. Because... I totally open to more behind the scenes, to learning more behind the scenes stories on this stuff. So Definitely. always and, feel free to hit us up. And this kind of opens it up too. I mean, we're not just going to stick with movies. This is kind of a free flow kind of project here. So let us know what you like, what you're interested in. Yeah. And also like, subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave reviews and stuff. Let us read everything that you have to say because I we were probably pronouncing Mordrock wrong through the whole first half of this thing yeah that's my bad we realized our mistake though we fixed it but please yes let us know we've got episode 9 coming where are we going on that one I don't know yet Possibilities I kind of like surprising ends. people yeah, I think it's I'm, more fun that way. Yeah, I think it's more fun to surprise people. Because usually we find our best ones just by talking after we're done recording. Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. Well, we love you. Thank you for everything, guys. Yeah, thanks. See you next time. Or listen next time. Or hear you next time. Okay, bye. Go!